he started showing me firsthand numbers. He's like, this is what we're making. He's like, I'm making what you guys make as company guys. I'm making what you guys make as a team. And I'm just driving, you know, I'm a team too, but I'm making the income of two and you guys could do this as well. So after some showing and some proving that that worked for him, that process, and I knew the type of situation I was in with my company, that I wanted to do something like that. Nevada Trucking. What's your YouTube channel name? Nevada Trucking and Trails. Nevada Trucking and Trails. Why did you guys go with that name? Well, uh, we like off-roading. We like going and, and exploring. So the trails part is we got a Ford Raptor and we'll go out and we'll hit trails and, you know, go camping. And that, that's kind of like what we do in our, our, our free time. Yep. So the trucking is the majority of the channel because we're always trucking. <laughs> and then we have the trails part, which is what we like to do in our free time. Just go exploring. Okay. Death Valley uh, out of Vegas is like our backyard, so. And we live in Nevada. Yeah. Yeah, I like <laughs> I like that. So I don't know if we're gonna talk about trucking or off-roading because I do both too. So I love off-roading. We can talk uh, about you, everything. You guys have, uh, yeah. So let's start from the beginning. Just tell me uh, how did you guys get into trucking and what do you do currently? Because I know uh, we'll transition to your truck, but then let's start. How did you guys end up in trucking and, and what's the story there? Yeah, we got into trucking separately. So she was actually a driver. Um, she started in 20, what is it, 15? 2015. And I started in 2016. We met on the road. And um, I got into it because I'm a fourth generation truck driver. My great grandfather, my grandfather, my dad, all on their side was doing it. So I grew up in a truck, just got comfortable with it. So as soon as I turned 21, I just went straight into the field. Nice. And then a nice. year later, I met him. Yeah, and I was doing like facility maintenance engineering, which is like a fancy like maintenance janitor guy for like casinos in Vegas. And after two years of that, I just got tired of the uh, the politics in it. So mm -hmm. I was looking for something to do, had a falling out, and then I just I jumped in the trucking. Okay. So, and how did you guys meet? Well, okay. I was working uh, uh, a dedicated account. We worked for the same company, but she was over the uh, regional, and I was a dedicated guy. So she pulled into my DC one day and um, we checked in together. I noticed she had a Nevada license. So I was interested in, in getting to know her some more and uh, went to go park. We both dropped our trailers. And before I was, I jumped out, I was smoking, put out my cigarette, jumped out to go say hi to her. And she went in the back and I was like, oh, well, I'm not going to go knock on the door because I don't know if your boyfriend, husband's <laughs> in the back. So I just, I wrote a post-it note and I slapped it on her window and I didn't put my name on it. So she never called me. So a day goes by, I train a guy on the account and I drop him off in Fontana, California so that he can get his truck and start working the account. The whole time I'm, I'm training them, I'm talking about this cute girl, make her my girlfriend, yada, 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 you know, just talking, I guess. And uh, show up at the terminal and I'm dropping the guy off and I was like, hey, there's that girl. And I seen her there. And he goes, who, Danielle? That's my friend. And so that made for an awkward. I met him a year ago <laughs> at orientation and being friends with him. So, so they went and had a little conversation, and then she ended up inviting me out to dinner. I wasn't too embarrassed at that point. I was like, oh, God, what did I say? I can't remember. <laughs> so we all went out to dinner, and... and uh, Found out his name. She got my number again. Nice. She still had the post-it note and everything. She's like, I'll, I'll actually call you. I still have the post-it note to this day. I put it in my wedding vows. <laughs> and how long have you guys have been together? Uh, together officially... 
five years. Five and a half years. Married October for almost two. October would be two. five years, yeah. Okay, married for two. Okay, and, and how long have you been, been trucking together? Three. Three, yeah. Three, okay. Three as a team operation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, okay. 100% teaming. Okay. So let me strip it down to something that, for me at least, is some kind of a, a, a timeline, right? So you guys met, drive, started this. What what made you decide that you were gonna say uh, team up as you know become a team operation? Why did you guys arrive at, well, at that? At first, she had um. Okay. Sorry, I got some, something going on no, there. Um, at first, she was uh, teaming before, and she had some bad experiences. So when I asked, ultimately we started talking. I was like, "Oh, you want to team with me?" She said, "No." Um, she didn't. She didn't want to get into teaming. So she took a year off, and I went local. Eventually, I ended up going local, and then we got to know each other. Um, after a year, we decided to leave California, and I asked her again, "Well, why don't we just, since we're relocating, we're going to change jobs anyways? Why don't we?" throw our hand at the team thing. Mm -hmm. If we don't like it, we can always go back to doing whatever, you know, we're doing. We could do, you know, you go get a different job outside of trucking and, and I'll find something local so that we're around each other. Well, let's let's give it a shot. And so mm -hmm. we had one company we went to, it was Reefer. We were doing like 2200 miles a week and we're both the type of driver that does not like to sit at truck stops. Like yeah. we're out there money not to sit at truck stops and that's what we were doing. So We like the hustle not the sitting. They ended up, you know, the money was decent, but they ended up lying to us about something and we caught them in a lie. Like the shipper was like, they didn't say that. Here's the email. This is what time they said you'd be here. And uh, we were like three hours after that. So we ended up having to wait yeah. all day, getting late and all this okay. stuff. So we left that company and we've been with the same company ever since. With the new company that you joined after that bad one is mm -hmm. the company that you've been with for. Okay. So what, how big is the company? Could you tell me like, a little bit more? It's like it? roughly 50 trucks Okay. Uh, between owner operators and company guys. You know, mm -hmm. 50, it's like a 50 truck operation, probably if that, that a little bit more trailers. Yeah. Um, it was guaranteed 1600 bucks a week and 60 cents a mile starting. And that okay. was each driver. So we were getting $3,200 guaranteed a week. That's one big thing that I preach when like going out over the road. If I'm going out over the road and you're willing to guarantee me a salary, that's how I've 90% of the time that one company we went to for 30 days before that we didn't have a guarantee and then we realized let's go back to that because it's always worked out mm -hmm. and so we were guaranteed uh, 1600 each and then slowly every year we were getting little raises all the way up until we reached at 1700 bucks a week 74 cents a mile where okay. at that point we're making about five grand a week between the two of us nice um so you decided okay this is not enough we want to get into owning our own truck is that correct is that where you guys at right now as far as well, what yeah, what made you what made you what made you go into hey let's buy our own equipment or let's try to figure out how to be owners if that makes sense yeah so i was uh i've always seen like the guys that are like you know, oh, I own a truck, the Swift guys, the Warner guys, whatever, and they're saying, oh, I make it 1213 bucks a week. I'm like, I'm making more than that. But like, yeah, well, we own the truck. For me, it was never worth it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, my little brother saw how well we were doing in trucking, and he, he followed in the footsteps, and he went out, and he, after about six months, actually did a full maintenance lease with, with a teaming mm -hmm. uh, with, with a friend of his. Uh, he started showing me firsthand numbers. He's like, this is what we're making. He's like, I'm making what you guys make. 
as a company guys. I'm making what you guys make as a team, and I'm just driving, you know, I'm a team too, but I'm making the income of two, and you guys could do this as well. So after some showing and some proving that that worked for him, that process, and I knew the type of situation I was in with my company, that I wanted to do something like that. So we wa- I walked into the boss's office and I said, hey, just so you know, you know, we're considering getting into owning a truck. And, um, you know, do you lease guys on? Because we don't want to go anywhere. You know, we want to stay here working with you. We have a good relationship. We don't want to jump out there and just do something random. If it's possible, we'd like to be here with you. Otherwise, I was looking strongly at my brother's company. Yeah. Um, and he said, yes, absolutely. And he said, you know, we do lease on guys. As a matter of fact, if you guys pick out a truck, we'll buy, I'll buy it for you, whatever truck you want. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I want a 389. <laughs> <laughs> he just said, just find one. Find one you want. Let me know, and, and I'll, I'll send the check, and we'll, we'll, you guys can go pick it up. That's awesome. And so, so we ta- couldn't find an automated truck, so we ended up having to order one. That's kind of why. Okay, so, so, that's, so just for clarification, that's what happened, right? He, the boss said, yeah, uh, well, let's do it. You guys did find a truck, and then you pull the trigger on it. So we currently have it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, so tell me, tell me first about the truck. Um, by the way, awesome boss. I, I also um, always help my drivers that are switching, and I always want to uh, underline, you know, the 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 small, medium-sized companies like 50 to 100 trucks. Um, as you guys maybe learned, and what you mentioned before, not everybody is always honest with drivers, and um, which is uh, it's crazy, right? But it's just people. People are usually, you know, we're only people, and some people think they can get away with lying and being dishonest. And I uh, just wanted to underline that that it's, uh, it seems like you have a good boss and a good company that you're working for. So that's that's uh, that's that's great, great. Yeah, it's something that he said he wouldn't do for like somebody that walks in the door. He's like, I'm not gonna be buying this. I would never consider doing this. He's like, it's just with you guys. You've been here for a while. You guys are respectful. We never had any issues. We always communicate we work things out and we've yeah. proven ourselves so mm-hmm. and it, but, but that's exactly it's it's an, on the same note i i tell the same thing to my drivers it's like okay like if you have a relationship with me you like the company i i will help you out and and i wouldn't do obviously i wouldn't do anything like that for anybody walking not knowing them because then it's just asking for trouble you have a lot of issues with owners just not really understanding maintenance um but you know it's almost like a separate topic right like you have guys thinking that they could get into being an owner op but and yet they don't want to do anything that's that that has to be done to be an owner operator right but with the extra on top of driving you still have to do everything else that has to do with being an owner right mm-hmm. so i've got all uh, this time to do youtube so i figured i could squeeze it in <laughs> yeah, I know, right? No, I think so. So yeah, we'll talk about your YouTube channel uh, in a little bit. But tell me about the truck. I would like to. What did you end up buying, and what are the specs? Okay, so yeah, we spec this truck from the uh, the ground up at the dealership. It's a 2022 389 Peterbilt. It was manufactured on her birthday, uh, nice. so it's the 14th of this year. Um, you know how they do things a year behind. So technically, it's a 22, but it is a 21. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a 13 speed with an automated transmission, which is probably the most unique thing about it. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just due to our personal preference. You know, I have a broken leg, so clutch, we can both, we're not in that. We get a lot of uh, comments on it being an automated. So I'm just going <laughs> to highlight the fact that there's a reason behind why it is. You know, broken leg for me, shoulder injury for her. So it's comfort for us. 
And not to cut you off about the injury, then not, uh, sorry to hear that, but what, who's commenting that? I mean, I don't know. Do you, you get comments on your channel about having an automated? Yeah. Uh, it's a beautiful truck, but the automated killed it for me. You know, manual lives matter. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I know. The person even put, you know, if the wife doesn't know how to drive a stick shift, then just say that. And it's just like, I, I grew up driving truck drive or driving trucks. So yeah. stick shift was the first truck and car I got. I couldn't yeah. just drive an automatic. Car. But beyond that, I just wanted to, you know, make note. There's always a reason why somebody does something. So it's a 13 speed automated. Um, it's a Cummins 565 horsepower on the performance side um, with 1850 torque and 355 nice. rears. Perfect. So a very optimally spec. Would you remember the wheelbase? 280 inch. That's the longest you can go on a 389 without having to put a slip frame in. So we were being a little weight conscious there. Okay, good. And what type of work are you guys uh, usually doing? Uh, just drive, dry. Driving? Yeah. Drive no, no hazmat or anything like that. Okay. Um, do you do any double doubles work? Do you guys have you? We have. Yeah, we're both endorsed for it, but we don't. Not this company. Okay, and just uh, to make sure, I don't think we covered. Where are you guys based out of? You, out of you Las mentioned Vegas. It, Las Vegas. Okay. Yeah. yeah you did, you did. I think that's very important. You you try to work for a company that's based close to where you live because that helped us get through the house a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is very important. And and giving us breaks, being able to reset. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, where are you at? As far as have you already run any trips in your truck, or is this something that's about to happen? I'm sorry, I missed it. As far as as far as have you guys you have you run it already? Uh, as far as uh, just uh, just around town to different shops, um, doing the custom things because we know that once we start rolling, we would never have time to do any of this stuff. Mm -hmm. So we're doing all the little extras that we want to do right on the front end, and then we're just gonna go out there and make the money. That way, okay. we don't have to worry about it or think, well, when are we gonna ever do it? Because we'll, then we never have time. Okay, nice. So, but it's got about 100 miles on it now, and it's just been going, like, getting a clear bra on it, getting some paintwork done on it. Going to go get lettering done today. Yeah. Our bumper got put on. Yeah, that's, getting that's put happening on. now, yeah. Okay, so did you, that's a very interesting approach uh, as far as, you know, your company helping you buy the truck. Have you, did you have to whip out any uh, down payment for it, or is it just straight payments? Um. So originally it was uh, 10%, which comes around, uh, like 20k mm -hmm. um but when i went to go pay the the down payment he tells me don't worry about it why don't you just go out to work um i could tell you he could tell i'm a little stressed because i got all his money going left and right left and right yeah. so you know and I, i'm doing 2290s i'm getting plates i'm you know i'm doing setting up irp account all this stuff so he says why don't you just go out to work we'll do a thousand every week until we get the down payment down and i just told him no so i wrote him a check for half I took a little bit of the break, so I wrote him a $10,000 check, and then I told him when I come back, I'll give you another 10 or 15, because the goal was to ultimately pay this truck off. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. What's your goal as far as how quickly do you want to pay it off? Well, I, I would like to say 18 months, but the thing is, I don't have any data of my own. Mm -hmm. Like, what are my numbers going to be? So once I run like two quarters, I'll get a baseline of what my income is, and I'll kind of start to learn. I'm also doing, you know, I set up a business account, LLC, and I have it structured as an S corporation. So we're debuting ourselves on behind the scenes. So I'm learning that as well. So after about a quarter or two, I'll get kind of some baseline data information and then I can start doing projections on paying off the truck. Yeah. And whether I decide to kind of spread it out over two years and then just have the money in reserve in case I need to pay it off, 
you know, that's that's my thinking. That that makes sense. Uh, I like that. Are you? So you've you've obviously are incorporated, set up with everything that you need to be set up with, as far as your team around you, right? So let me uh, dig in into. You have an awesome support. Obviously, you have a company that that is a good company to work for. What about maintenance and shop? Do you have uh, somebody yes. that's going to help he's you? Got a, he's got a shop. They do he's got a shop. Okay. frames. It, it, every time I go in there, they got a motor pulled down and they're rebuilding it. Yeah, they do all the service and everything for us. Um, trailers it, are checked every day. You know, they have a guy go around check all the tires and trailers. And the truck is on on warranty, right? So you really yes. don't have to worry about that until yeah, we got the extended warranty. So we're up, we're covered for five years, five hundred thousand miles, which will definitely hit the miles in probably two. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And then what that, what does that cover? Everything emissions too? Um. Yes. Yeah, so it is. It does cover emissions. I wish I would have had that pulled out in front of me. There's a huge list of what it does cover based on everything. Mm -hmm. Um. I should probably do a video on that and kind of go over that. But it it, it basically states everything that's going to be covered under that warranty, mm -hmm. item for item. Okay. And what are you anticipating as far as um, your weekly? Let's talk about maybe weekly revenue. What are you anticipating your gross income? Um, do you think? What do you think you're going to be able to? Just because for me, uh, I used to drive teams. Just to give you a little background story, and um, and my dad used to have a, a business that was uh, five trucks, only teams. So I've, I'm very, uh, you know, experienced around teams and I've driven I've been teams myself I've been driving teams for some time and so now from the owner operator standpoint right what are you are you are you trying to crunch some numbers are you anticipating trying to hit targets um, yeah based on what I call secondhand information uh, our goal is to gross around 15 we want to net 10 that's mm -hmm. our goal we can net 10 we're doubling our money um, from company to owning the truck and we'd be happy with that. And I think that is on the low end, but I don't want to put some crazy number out there and then look like a fool, obviously. Uh, I don't have any firsthand data. Again, that kind of goes back to my, I need to run a couple quarters to actually know. But goal is like gross around 15, net 10. That's like a comfort spot for us. Okay, that makes sense. And I don't know, you, you've got the experiences that seem realistic to you. It does, yeah. It does very well. Um, I've heard numbers grossing 22, as high as that. And, you know, so that that's good money. It, it, it's definitely possible what I, what I would have to know more and not, not that we have to dig into it, but what I would look at is obviously the way, are you guys running contracted freight or spot? Both. Both, okay. So yeah, if you, will you dispatch yourself or will someone no, in the company? That's another thing that people give me uh, problems with. They think, oh, not, not a true owner operator. Uh, with our percentage being taken out, that includes dispatching. So. I have a you know a hundred and eighty six thousand dollar balance on this truck. Am I gonna go out there and try and learn all this extra stuff, or am I just gonna let them tell me where to go? They run us really well, so mm -hmm. I'm letting them do. You know, as long as there's no issues on the back end, I'm not making any money. I'm not gonna touch it until that truck's paid off. Now, once the truck is paid off, I might dabble in trying to learn how to book my own loads. I can afford to make mistakes at that point. Is mm -hmm. the way I look at it. So right now, with with a truck loan at one hundred eighty six, once that balance is gone the truck is paid for i'll start doing some dispatching myself and at that at the time that i am being dispatched i am looking back and i'm learning the lanes i'm looking at the rates i'm going to be you know putting in little information taking notes and that way that's going to help me kind of see the numbers because as a company guy it was very rare for me to see rate cons right 
the last one I can remember seeing was Vegas to Texas. It was $6,500, right? But yeah. after expenses and you add that into a couple other loads, I mean, that only took us a day to run, but I don't have any information to really kind of, I don't know, I'm back on, I'm back on that. But yeah, dispatching, I'm going to let them do that. Mm-hmm. I like, it I was, seems like it's well, the best way to go. I, I like that a lot because you're, you're staying focused. And, and that, what I like about that is, okay, you did make a decision about a truck. Um, somebody will say, well, 180K. Holy crap! That's a that's a you know that's a big commitment. Yeah, it is. But at the same time, you know that you have, you you guys both have work ethic and you're grinding. Therefore, you need a tool that's going to help you do that. Then that's I in my opinion, it's, it's a good good direction that you guys took because what's the alternative, right? Like you you would have to buy a used truck and then deal with the maintenance and then yeah you would owe a lot less, but then you have about additional maintenance. But since you know you're going to be grinding and hitting it hard for the next few years, I'm assuming, right? Is that the plan? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Until you pay it off and then, you know, uh, dispatch yourself next step, perfect. If you have a trusted dispatcher, why do you think there are so many uh, dispatch offices popping up left and right right now? Because owners don't want to do it. You know, it's a separate job that you have to learn how to do it, know how to plan your lanes. Is it valuable for you to learn the market? Yeah. You know, just stay on freight waves and DAT load boards and kind of read what what's happening, just so we know if any downturn is coming down. You know, and that's something we can do here. I have the option to dispatch myself, mm-hmm. but I just don't think I don't find the value in it. Why would I try to learn that? You know, that's the biggest thing. You know, I'm not. You know, I don't have an ego problem. I'm not trying to prove anything to anybody. If exactly. they run me good and I make good money, why do I want to take on that? Because they have the time to sit there. They already know how to book loads three, out, out, out. And they're doing those projections so it might not be a good load here but this one over here is good which gets you this better one and they're looking at that yeah. i don't know that yet exactly I've seen the numbers i don't know how that that works so as they're doing it i'm going to be looking at that and seeing how they're doing it and then taking you know notes and maybe i'll be able to perfect it and run myself better if i analyze it and i look at it but i gotta i gotta see what the basis is first that's all i'm all about getting a base understanding of how other people run it and then i'll try and to improve on it yeah, yeah, totally makes sense. Uh, why did you, how did you tell me about your truck buying process really quick? Uh, I know you like the truck, but was it difficult for you to find the one that you wanted? Uh, were you, how long was it, did it take you to actually find one and how many did you see? Yeah, so with an automated transmission, there wasn't any in the whole United States. Otherwise, we would already be you know, probably four or five months down the road already in this truck. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did have to go down to the dealership. We worked with a local dealership because I figured anytime we're doing any kind of maintenance or warranty work, we'd be at home. So I wanted to establish that relationship. Um, so we went down to the dealership after we couldn't find one. My fleet owner actually looked too. He couldn't find any and he just told, told me to go order one. So went down to the dealership, met an amazing sales rep. This guy, answers on holiday weekends. I just sent him a, an email or something and he calls me right away. And I'm like, hey, I, you know, call me on Monday when you get back in the office, it's not a big deal. Yeah. But he, he, it was great doing that. And that was actually probably the, one of the funnest things I've ever been able to do was go through and pick every single little option on the truck. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That was a really fun experience. Have you shot a video already on your channel uh, showing off the truck? Yeah, yeah. I don't, it's not something I build up. I, I kind of just share as I go. Um, so if you go on my, my channel right now, there's, I think, three different videos, one at night where I show. I haven't done one with my nice camera yet. 
which mm -hmm. I'll do like an official like production one where I go through and talk about all the specs, the final cost, mm -hmm. uh, all the upgrades. Um, but there are stuff, there's stuff showing it off. It's not like a secret or anything. So is your channel going to, are you going to reveal all that information as far as your learning experience and what you've been going, what you guys both are going through on the Yeah, journey? that's the point of the channel. My, my point of the channel is to show un, that's the problem with, I think with YouTube is everyone likes to boast. Everyone likes to say that things are better than they actually are. Yep. And I am not in the business of doing that. I'm in the business of just telling you exactly how my process works coming from company, uh, my, you know, what I think of 1099, all that stuff. I share everything that I've experienced because a lot of people have opinions, right? Oh, uh, you know, aftermarket warranties are horrible, horrible, horrible. And then you get the one guy that steps out and says, well, I got one and it just covered this $10,000 bill yeah. and, I, and I'm not out of it. So uh, that's my, that's why I kind of focus on just, you know, un, un, not trying to boast, but trying to get just whatever the information is, I share it. Basically, every month he goes over our numbers we made and shows people the actual numbers we make every mm -hmm. month. Mm -hmm. I like that. Not afraid to share. Yeah, and I need to start probably pointing this out more too. Is that we are experienced drivers, and mm -hmm. I, I somebody kind of pointed this out to me is that, you know, I can or people keep asking, can I come out and you know work for your company? And I was missing the point. People are thinking they can come out and just make this money right off the bat, and mm -hmm. it's trucking is something you got to put your dues in, right? One year, you're getting your experience. Two years, a lot of doors open up. Five years, almost all the other doors open up. You have up. to be uh, two years experience to join our company. But I, I tell you guys all the time, don't be afraid. If you see an ad that says six months experience, go get your, go get, you know, go get your CDL to the school or whatever. Then call that company up and just say, hey, I'm a hard worker. This is my character. See if you can get a uh, walk into the interview and just say, I don't have that six months. But if you give me a shot, you know, if people are going to take that much initiative to walk into a company that says they need six months, somebody might give you a shot. You do it enough times, you're going to get a shot. It happened with my little brother. Yeah, but see, the, you touched on, on patience, right? Everybody wants to make a lot of money uh, right away, and that, not, that doesn't happen like that. It, it's, a, it's not only patience, but it's you have to put the time in and learn. And what, what you guys are doing, I was doing in 2010 when I was driving, was just educating myself about, you know, trucks, the trucking, what I want, what moves I want to do and how I want to do it. And now a lot of my owner ops are, well, we want to do the same. Like, well, it takes a really long time. It, it's, there's so many multiple layers of that cake that you're building that impatience is the entire glue of that, right? I, I, I've learned that the, the hard way, every time I'm impatient, something just is not doesn't go the way the, the way I you know I'm anticipating or I, I was expecting it to, and you touched on it right the the it takes time I always say uh, it gets harder before it's, it gets easier because you know the learning curve is is you learning it and then you're then you're then as you're getting better and better at it everything gets smoother and easier right. Mm -hmm. um, I like the fact that you guys are teamed up because now you can be together, make money together and have fun together and then build your wealth or whatever you guys are focusing on. And then, well, let's stay home for a month. You know, um, yeah, we have a lot of advantages from in our perspective, right? My, my our situation is super unique. But the number one benefit that outweighs anything that we're in is being a husband wife team, a same household team. Because our money goes to the same place. Everything is doubled. 
and so it just makes everything that much more easy. Do you get do you do you ever get uh, sick of each other? Like I'm done with that. Not know. really, actually. Yeah, we get along yeah. like I think we get along more on the truck than we do at home. I think mm-hmm. we butt heads at home because she's like, I'm gonna go get my nails done, and I'm like, Hey, we got a meeting at ten, and she's like, Well, you didn't tell me, <laughs> you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. No, that's something that I always, uh, cup, you know, married couples, teams. I've never, you know, my wife uh, raises kids and she never, I would never want her to be in, in the truck with me. But when I teamed up, when I was driving teams, it was like, okay, sometimes I was with somebody that I was like, mm, that's not going to work. I have to figure out a different way. I was in control as far as, you know, hiring for those positions so I could swap drivers out. But yeah, I think the thing with teaming is you, you, if you're going to get into a team, the number one thing is patience. You have to be a team. Mm-hmm. And so whenever she, if she messes up, I don't come out yelling like, wow, the bumper, right? It's already happened. We're going to have to figure it out. I come out and I say, okay, what happened? Okay, let's get the situation fixed. I'll fix the situation or, or whatever the case may be. You know, I'm just using an example. And then afterwards, I'll approach it like, well, what could we have done to make this not happen? Right. I like step in and I like be the safety guy for my our own company, mm-hmm. our own relationship or whatever. And then we just talk about it. And then, you know, I don't try to make a stressful situation more stressful. I wait and I, I approach it and I think through how we deal with issues that would come up. And that's been, you know, you have to do that with, let's just say it was you and a buddy driving too. You have to, you can't come out and start yelling at the dude and it's going to turn into a shouting match. And then you guys aren't going to want a team anymore. You have to be a yeah. team. Exactly. Yeah, it, 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 but it is a delicate, you, you know, it takes two to tango. And if if you're working on establishing your relationship with your teammate and the other guy, you know, I'm just trying to summarize my experience and I can tell you usually it's harder than it's easier. That's why I think if you're a team, uh, husband and a wife team couple, that, that's probably the best um, yeah. solution to that, right? Because you can work well. You guys can also design time separate from each other, right? It's not like you're you're locked in when you're home. You can make go, you know. Yeah. Trips. At, at the end of the day, what what benefits her is going to benefit me. That's that's the difference between a same household team versus like partners, right? It's in my best interest that she succeeds and that she does well. And same for her, for mm-hmm. me to do well. You know, we're not like jabbing at each other or have that conflict. Well she's just going to go out there and, or he's just going to go out there and do his shift. And then when he's done, I'll go out there and I'll do mine and I'll make my money. He makes his, yeah. You start getting into weird dynamics like that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. Cause we, well, we get burnt out too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I was going to tell you how you guys, I was going to ask you how you guys are, what's your method uh, for, for burnout? Like when you guys get, cause yeah, number one, if you want to avoid burnout, a lot of guys do this in teaming is they'll go out, they take their DOT clock, they run, switch, run, switch. There's no sleep cycle. So what we do is we pick, we're in Pacific time zone. So we pick Pacific time zone. We'll set the truck clock into Pacific, right? So we always see what time it is in Las Vegas, California. So at three in the afternoon, I stopped driving. I don't care if I sat at the door for eight hours. At three in the afternoon, I'm done. That's her shift. Now she's driving. So she's three until three in the morning. And then at three in the morning, I wake up and I take over. It doesn't matter if I drove all day. It doesn't matter if she sat all night. And if she sits at a truck stop at night, I wake her up. She sits there. She gets on her phone. She calls her sister. She does something to stay up and stay active. Having a sleep cycle is the number one important thing to be in a successful team. Now, you still will experience burnout. But if you do the DOT run, you're going to experience burnout after two to three weeks. 
Whereas if you're doing it this way, you could run for six weeks and then have take a week off and you're going to be, that's going to be a complete At least cycle. that's how we, that's do. how we, that's how mm -hmm. we do it. I 100% agree with you and that I exactly right. It, the sleep cycle and I couldn't do it because we were on dedicated lanes and every time something went wrong, we just had to keep moving. Uh, and that's the, that's probably the number one killer of a team operation is when you, mm -hmm. when you don't have a choice, but you have to run and that wears everybody out. And mm -hmm. I love what you guys are doing with the, with, with the, the set times for you to take yeah, over. If you, if you set that time, you know, that it doesn't matter. The truck will always get, continue to move. It just matter who's driving it at what time. Right. That's all you're designating. Cause at, let's just take a 12 hour window, right? That's what we do. It's 11 hours of driving. There's a 15 minute pre trip. There's a 30 minute break. What does that leave you? 15 minutes of burn? Yeah. yeah. Uh, what else? Um, it keeps coming to the tip of my tongue. There's something else I wanted to mention. It'll come back to me. Yeah. Uh, what, what I was going to ask you is well, well, one thing. So I want to, as we're wrapping it up, I wanted to do, do touch on a couple more things. Is one, What advice would you give to somebody that is a married couple uh, or, or, or partners? that are thinking about going into buying their own truck. What are some of the key tips that you guys learned that you would like to share with them? What, 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 would you, what do you think that is? Uh, do not do a rate per mile. Um, always do a percentage. That's my recommendation. Uh, make sure that the fixed costs are reasonable. Um, you're not getting charged for everything because if it comes to a point where you might as well be at an 80-20 carrier versus somebody who has extremely high fixed costs. Now, if you're a runner, fixed costs aren't going to be as more more of an issue. Like if you want to be home on the weekends, you're probably looking more towards an 80-20 carrier. But if you're a hard runner, the, the higher percentage you can get is going to be better in my opinion, even with fixed cost, because those fixed costs will start to uh, stop becoming prevalent once the more you gross, you know, it starts mm -hmm. to go down. Exactly. Um, I wouldn't recommend just going out and jumping into a company uh, and just saying, I want to, you know, buy a truck and then go to this company. And some companies are set up like that. Me personally, I think you should network with a carrier, someone where you can actually see and talk to the owner of the company. That's my, like, if you can get that, it's golden. That's what I have. And it's, you know, that's golden, like, or working for you, right? If I could sit down and talk to you, it doesn't have to be a long relationship, but if I could run as a company guy for you for six months, get to know how you run things. We get to learn how to communicate to one another. We figure out, you know, do I do I blow up when we talk or am I always calm and collective? Do I handle situations? Do I figure out solutions to problems? Am I solving your problem? And then showing you that I can do something and then stepping into buying a truck and working for somebody like that. You gotta, you know, you just want to build a little relationship there. So I think don't just jump into it like with a random carrier. I think if you're at a carrier and you wouldn't buy a truck at that carrier, you should switch to a carrier that you're you you would buy a truck from and learn how they operate build a relationship then do it don't rush it you know we've been here for three years mm -hmm. and that's you know that's a relationship over three years we've been through uh, you know load issues breakdowns breakdowns all the things that come with trucking we've done it all here we know how to handle it we know how they operate we're okay with how they operate it and we built that relationship so that would be my that would be some of the things i would tell you to do if you're a husband wife team looking to uh, you know go buy a truck uh, just Get a carrier to back you. You might have all the money in the world because as a team, you can save all this money, right? We did too. You can save a lot of money, but sometimes things get too expensive mm 
-hmm. and just having a carrier who would come in and maybe help you mitigate that so you're not having to pick if the power is going to be staying on next you know at the house or or whatever the deal is Mm -hmm. having somebody to kind of financially support you to an extent obviously you don't want to lean too much on the carrier Mm -hmm. but having somebody to back you uh, having a a mechanic shop maintenance they can help you with all that stuff that's going to save you thousands because if you have to do labor at a dealer you know the rate per hour versus your fleet owner who can give you his rate which is going to be extremely you know beneficial yeah yeah i like that very true last thing is what do you guys think the industry is missing what do we need in the industry i think it's got too many regulations um and and at at times i think there's not enough yeah so i mean we can get away with the 70 hour clock at just yeah we don't like the 70 hour clock because it's still like if you're going to mitigate my driving during the day and you want to regulate my sleep cycle and and, you know that's fine but you you shouldn't i shouldn't have to do rolling resets right it's just Mm -hmm. there's no point for me to only be able to work 70 hours it's the only industry that you have like a regulation of how many hours you can work in a week right i can come home dig trenches for 10 hours go deliver pizzas and go to the casino and uh, you know, plunge toilets and flick, fix lights and hang wallpaper for three hours and get three hours of sleep and do it again the next day. There's no regulation against that. But when I step into a truck, I'm 70 hours a week. You know, so yeah. that's one thing that I think I would like to see that go away. Um, I, and I understand what the purpose is it from, but I think mm-hmm. if you're out here in a truck, you don't you're not out here to you know hang out at the truck stops. You're out here to make money. So come out here and make money. You know. If they're overworking you, then go somewhere that works with you more. That's yeah. what I think. Um, uh, Danielle, I, think Danielle, I want to hear from Danielle. I want to hear from Danielle. Sorry to cut you off, but is there from from a female driver? What do we, is there anything that that comes to mind that you would like? You know, obviously it's a male-dominated uh, industry, right? But from your perspective, what would you say would be something that we need? or is, is missing in the industry? Um, oh gracious. Is there um, anything that you drive and like, well, because if there's nothing, like if there's there's nothing that sticks to you, you know, to you every time you go out, then maybe there is no problem. Actually, like, there's nothing. You know, there is one. I wish they had more fast food or food in general at night. I drive nights and it is really mm. hard to find food unless you go to the sandwiches or whatever they have prepackaged. Mm. So just, if yeah. they could work with us night drivers a little bit more, that would make it so much mm-hmm. easier for me. Because I either have to plan ahead when I first wake up to get food and then have it set aside for lunch later. Or I just, again, yeah. just find like a sandwich or something or hot dog. And that's if they have it. Because with COVID and everything, they started changing all those too. Yeah. There goes all the food. Yeah. And some places shut showers down. That sucked. And I think it's across the board just a lot more healthy, healthier options, right? Uh, that, exactly. that was always to me very uh, very tiring it was just like uh, if you didn't pack up or prep food you just end up usually buying garbage uh, exactly so i mentioned uh, an issue with the hours of service so that's one thing i'd like to see but i think the one thing is just the respect for other drivers on the road too and i know she mm-hmm. mentions this too it's just like you know cutting off cars four-wheelers cutting off trucks you know that's an issue um it seems like they don't care so that's one thing i mean what can you do about it though but the biggest issue is drivers on drivers the road rage sometimes where you know some guy wants to get over here then he starts swerving into your lane and it's all unnecessary so i think that's or like you see a driver 
you know, everyone talks about how back in the day people used to stop when somebody was broke down. They go over there and they pull out their tool set and they help the guy get back on the road. I think the more of that that each of us as an individual can do, you know, I've checked on people, I've pulled over, I've done that too. It takes each person to take the time to do that. And I understand we're all on tight schedules, but even just checking and say, hey, man, you you got cell service, your phone's not dead, you got somebody on the way, here's a bottle of water. Just stopping for two minutes is not going to kill your schedule. Exactly. I'd like to see more of that. I agree. So, where can people find you guys? What's your YouTube channel? Any social media? Uh, we don't do any of the social media. Just, no. Just our YouTube channel. Just YouTube. Uh, trucking. Our Nevada trucking and trails. Okay. Yeah, we tried awesome. TikTok. Not not really a fan of the platform. We we might do Instagram. No. Pictures. I really like your approach. I think the more. Um, I'm super interested in, in seeing more vlogging from owners and sharing their experience without any, just exact, I like how you said it, right? Like you're here to, why would you pretend? Like you're sharing your, your learning and your experience. And I, I love seeing that because that's what I do with truck you. And that's what, you know, ultimately is helping other people, which is, well, that's, that's being honest happy, right? and not boasting allows people like you to see and say, hey, listen, um, you know, because I don't know. I don't have a basis for this stuff. I got to do it to know it. But having you yeah. see my honest opinion, you might be able to step in and say, hey, this is what I would do. And you're not making the correct money here. I Trust me, I run a fleet. You should be making this, this, and this. There's somewhere where you're getting cut on your income or, you know, I put a maintenance issue out there. I get people to actually say, okay, this is what I, my experience with that. It was this, this, this. And you could actually get your answers by just being honest. I think that helps because yeah. people are going to see what it is and they're going to say, I've experienced it this way. So it might be not be different, but you get a couple different yeah. perspectives. Exactly. There's always uh, many ways to skin the cat, right? What I always say is even though being an owner operator is, a, you know, you go into a business, it's ultimately a business. There's many different ways to do it and many different perspectives and angles and experiences will always help you know, even though you you will make mistakes there's no way that you're going to be mitigating all the mistakes you will make mistakes mm -hmm. it's like any other business right I, I i would like to have more of sharing of owner ops so the industry gets better so people share those things without being judged without being you know trolls calling names it doesn't matter, right? They can say all they want that you have an automatic transmission. The only critic that counts is in the arena, right? If there's somebody else telling you that an owner opts is like, well, what owner is going to complain about you having an automatic? Like, it's, come on, I'm, it's I'm the one that has something else. It, so I, I don't. It's see like, yeah, it's like, <laughs> no, it, and it's like, what? And you're and you're a lesser of an owner because you have an automatic. Like, come on, it's it's ridiculous. Well, I've heard right? that, and you don't dispatch yourself. So you're not a real owner. Real. Yeah. You don't, you know, you're doing, you're leasing onto somebody and without your authority, you're not an owner. I've heard all of these things and everyone has an opinion and that's fine. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's fine. And and uh, what I like about you guys is that your channel, uh, I would say, uh, I love following the journey. So I will definitely follow. We'll share your channel on our channel uh, uh, links in the description and, and on, on the in the video. So I wanted to thank you guys. I want to wrap this up really quick and appreciate your time spending with, with me and sharing your experience. Uh, I will always extend the invitation further down. I would like to talk to you guys maybe sometime down the road, how you guys are doing, maybe from when you're running. Um, 
if you're open to that. I'm sure we'll learn the ropes a little bit more. We'll just swing in and do it in person. <laughs> awesome. Guys, thank you guys for uh, listening, subscribe, share, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank Bye. You. Thank you. Thank you.